everyone. Welcome to They Had Fun. I'm Rachel and I'm back with another amazing story about New York City. And boy, oh boy, did I have some fun last week. As you guys know, we had our season three premiere party at Bar Calico. I don't even know what to say. It's been a whirlwind to say that I have been out and about for four days straight after that would be the truth. I was wonderfully surprised by my dear friends and my sister and some other people from out of town who showed up at the party unannounced, which was fabulous and unbelievable. And of course, since they were in New York, we had to do it upright. And did we have a good time, as you might expect. The party was absolutely incredible. Everyone at Bar Calico was great. Of course, I'm going to always suggest you go there. But the best part was seeing everyone who loves the show. It was just so fun. What can I say? And then, of course, the festivities uh, moved into Thursday and then Friday and then Saturday. And I just had an absolute blast. So I am now in recovery mode. So I had a great time this weekend, so I had a lot of ideas about some Rachel's recs for you this week. Of course, we're going to give you the listeners or the followers request I don't know what do we call that if it's coming off Instagram followers request and then we'll give you one that I had a particularly good time this weekend so let's start with number one and that would be my choice and that is Il Tinello always the theme continues am I saying this right it's an Italian spot on West 56th Street I've been wanting to go for a very long time finally did like a little you know midtown bar crawl type thing on Saturday afternoon had a blast first time I ever went in there I was just walking around the neighborhood and I was like this place is so cool what is this and I walked in and like a fucking asshole I was like hi I was like this place looks great like how long have you guys been open he's like this like wonderful bartender's like since 1956 you know or something like that it wasn't 1956 but it's an extremely long time I have no right to have asked them any question like that and to have never been so finally went stopped at all these other places beforehand had a blast but Il Tonello lived up to exactly what I expected walked right in sat down at the bar waiters in like the full gear every table was getting a cart pushed up to it and I don't know what the cart was for but it was some sort of table side service it had portobellos and basil maybe they're making a salad at the table I don't know but it happened at every table got a wonderful drink JJ incredible bartender told him I'll be back to see him made us fabulous drinks and then we decided to get a little snack on his recommendation uh, a plate of burrata I couldn't believe it we got one little appetizer here they come out with a full bread service for us a bruschetta on the house a long hots like everything uh, some olives they just kept bringing things out of course there's wonderful other people at the bar we were chatting with who were drinking kettle one on the rocks like that's the people you want to be around I mean you guys can tell when I say these things right the sincerity in my voice Voice, go to Il Tonello, however you say it. Have a great time. Try and see JJ. Get some food. I'm going back next time and getting like an actual meal. I cannot wait to return. That is my personal Rachel's Rex for the week. Okay. Our second one, I asked the question on Friday mornings if you need anything, come ask. I would love to help. They had so many this week that were cracking me up. Some of them were so lovely, like someone who's getting married, so sweet, a birthday party for their dad a place to propose, which I think was a joke, but whatever, I gave an honest answer. And then the one that was making me laugh so hard was somewhere to meet hot men. And you know what? God bless. Like, where can you meet hot men? And I'm telling you, as listeners of the podcast know, I am a married woman, but that does not mean I do not have my eye open for everyone else. So when I see a room full of hot people, I take note and I remember these things for everybody. A place that I went recently, and this was my answer, and now I'm sharing it with you, if you want to see hot men, and I'm sure there was hot women there too. I, that wasn't the question, okay? Spritzenhaus in Greenpoint. Is that Greenpoint or Williamsburg? 
I don't know, but Spritzenhaus. It's that huge place. They have the wonderful fireplace. It's kind of a beer hall, but they have wine. They have drinks. I walked in there with a group of friends and I'm like walking up to the bar and I'm just like, oh, whoa, that's a really attractive person. I look over, that's another attractive person. Oh my God. And then my girlfriend comes in, she's single and she's like, everyone's in here is so hot. I'm like, I know I was noticing that. So it's by happenstance. There you go. You want to know where to see some hot men? Spritzenhaus. There you have it. If you want to see somebody. And honestly, there's like every time I go in there, I don't know, like a thousand people. So you're bound, you're bound to meet someone. Will it be the love of your life? I don't know. Could be great just for the night. You never know. Anyway, those are our Rachel's Rex for the week. We hope you're going out and having some fun. Maybe not as much fun as I had last week, to be honest. I'm so excited to get into the show today. I am so excited for you guys to hear this story. This guest this week happens to be a personal friend of mine for an extremely long time. He is wonderful and we are not going to talk about anything he does for a living and isn't that great. Please welcome to the show my dear friend, CK. Rachel, how are you this evening? I am wonderful, and I have to say, I am so excited to possibly not talk about what kind of work you do. I love, and it's very refreshing to me, it's a breath of fresh air, that maybe we're just going to like chat for a little bit. Maybe we're not going to have to hit some sales quota or plug a book or something like that. We're just going to sit here and talk. Well, Rachel, how many sequels have you recorded for They Had Fun? Zero. Well, you know what? Maybe maybe we'll get to the job and the book and the movie and the, the plug stuff for parts two, three, and four, but we don't, we don't need to get into what I do. No. I mean, look, I, I'm a charity auctioneer, but everybody knows tons of charity auctioneers, so that sounds very interesting. Everyone knows tons of charity auctioneers. I don't think I would say that. I would say it is a very specific, very interesting, very New York job. I don't know if that job exists in many other places, but I mean, listen, what I really want to talk about that I found very interesting is that you recently were married, and that is great, but you got married in the greatest city in the world, New York City. So do you care to share some details about that? Because I'm sure it was lovely. We picked the White Hotel in North Brooklyn. We loved the food there. Uh, we invited, I think, 140 people for a capacity of 120. We thought that was going to work out pretty well, but 129 RSVP'd yes. And so we had a little bit of a problem <laughs> with that. But unfortunately, you know, winter wedding and when we said our vows and we're walking between our friends down the aisle in the outdoor space at the wife, it, it was truly the best day, best night, best weekend of my life. Um, marrying her was the greatest thing I've ever done. I'm so excited to spend the rest of my life with her. But that's not what we're here to talk about. <laughs> well, I was going to say, I love that you're like, I'm getting a little heartfelt here because the, you're bringing a little bit of the romance to They Had Fun, which we don't often get. We often get a lot of like partying and maybe some other adult extracurricular activities. And maybe those are mm. to come as well. I like hearing a little bit of the romance because sometimes, you know, it's nice to hear about that in New York City. Sometimes it's always nightmare and everyone hates the dating scene and all of that jazz. So sometimes it's, it's cute to hear yep. that romance has been found and love is here. As Amanda said in her vows, she doesn't believe in soulmates, but if there is a greater power uh, that was able to put its finger on the scale of the algorithm that is Tinder that brought us together, then, then she is happy for, for those robots because our union could not be more perfect. Oh, listen to you. There's hope out there, guys. So it's a Tinder love. Yeah. Okay. So everyone hearing this who thinks the dating scene in New York is just absolute shit, Love to be had. Listen to CK wax poetically. All right, let's let's get into some of our they had fun questions. We can stop with all yes. the romance now. But as I said, we've known each other for a long time. So let's get into the first question, which is always, 
When did you move to New York City? Uh, it would have been last week of August 2004. Okay, so you've lived here for a really long time. It'll be 19 years this summer. How do you feel about that? I, I, I guess I guess I feel like like New York is magical. Like, like New York is always a special, special place. And I just don't, I don't have my finger on the pulse anymore. Well, it's changed a lot too. I mean, 2004, it's a completely different time. It's a different place. I mean, the number one thing I always love to talk to people about is like this first move to New York, you get here, you're young, you don't know what's going on. And the thing that I love to talk about is your first apartment. Was it just an absolute shithole? Was it like, oh, you came with some parents' money and it was nicer? Yeah. Well, what did you have? I I flew to the city. I stayed with a friend. I didn't have Wi-Fi or a working computer. So I'd go to the Apple store down in Soho. I think it was green and Prince. And I just would get on Craigslist. And I would, you know, look for apartments. And I didn't know what Soho was. I just knew that there was an Apple store there. And I responded to a listing that was a couple blocks away. So that was great. And ended up being on 6th Avenue between Prince and Spring. I think it was $380 a month. It was basically a closet with a uh, with a mattress in it. Uh, $380? I, I lived in Soho. In Soho. Oh, my God. Sixth floor walkout. You know, again, it was a mattress in, in a like, big walk-in closet. Yeah. And I, I just didn't know any better. It was great. I didn't have any stuff. I showed up with like a backpack. And so they gave me the mattress. I, I bought some sheets. I got a got a job being a fundraiser for the John Kerry campaign and made a little bit of money doing that. Just being like a you know street salesman, you know, this guy with a clipboard and the name tag. Be like, hey, you know, you want to help save democracy? It, and you know, that was it. Isn't it so funny when you first arrive? That's the constant theme on the show. Is that you get here and you live in a tiny little closet with a tiny little mattress, and you're like, yeah, this is normal. You completely don't even think about any of those things and turn a blind eye. But. I think people who are 22 are coming out of college living, which is perhaps even more depraved. You know, like, like I, I was never in a frat, but I had lived in like some frat houses adjacent and just some really weird college living experiences. And so New York City was was a step up from that. I was just going to say, are you telling us this is a step up that you had? Oh. You're like, I'm living the high life. Well, I, I was used to some gnarly living situation prior to arriving to my closet in Soho. So a closet in Soho was, <laughs> It's New York City. You're 22 years old. It's my first job. I'm making a little bit of money. You make $200 in a day. You're like, oh my God, I've never seen $200 <laughs> put together in my life. And you have to remember that in 2004 was the dawn of myopenbar.com. Oh, yes. So I think that myopenbar.com may have started a couple months after I showed up. And so our whole social life was figuring out where we could go drink for free at different times. And I didn't have like a normal job. Like I was kind of like bumming around doing shit. And so we were drinking cheaply. We were partying. We were just all these random places. You're really telling like a perfect portrait of what it was like early or what it is like maybe still for certain kids out there, but early 20s New York. Oh, I hope so. Just, you know, getting by. And I really, 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 really miss my open bar. I used to love it. It was just free anywhere you could go. Free drink. It'll just tell you wherever you go, free drinks. Does someone still do something like that? Is there like a TikTok my open bar? We should find out about that. I mean, I'm, there has to be. All right. We've done enough of our, you know, old person wax poetic about the good old days. There's some kids still Great. going out there to some bars in Bushwick paying $20 for the whole night. But let's get to the second question of the show, because I don't even know the answer of this, even as one of your friends. Yeah. Why did you move to New York City? I grew up in Sacramento. My dad was the journalist for the local paper. He was a tennis obsessive. And so he would get a press pass the US Open every year to cover to cover the tennis. And my mom was the lady you gave a ticket to when you boarded an airplane. So we'd fly out, stay in the press hotel. When I was nine, 10, 11 years old, I just fell in love with the energy of the city. I always knew that I wanted to, I always wanted to move here. Being a kid from Sacramento and seeing the city, New York 
U.S. Open, August, the smells of the subway, the graffiti everywhere. Just, I found it so enchanting. I was like, that is where I have to be. Isn't that so funny? I love that. I had no, I love that so much. It's such a good story to be such a kid. And it just so vividly plays out in your mind. And a lot of people, you know, that's the weird thing about New Yorkers. A lot of people can't stand the shit that we love, but I love that you specifically say like the smells, the like stinky stuff. It's something about that. In August. Yes. yes, Right. Yes. Yes. It's making me nostalgic. <laughs> Whatever the olfactory membrane is, it's right next to like the, the memory center, the synesthesia between memory and smell. It just brings me back to the wonder of visiting the city as a 10 year old. I just was so attracted to that energy. I know what you mean. I mean, we, we talk about it nonstop on the show. I mean, there's a reason Ugh. everyone comes here or most people come here and something about that energy, whether it's for work or fun or play or family or whatever, or a better opportunity, something about that energy is just like pulsating. You're bringing all the romance here. You're bringing all the heartfelt. You're bringing the nostalgia, the memories. I love it. Okay. Considering you've lived here for so long and you've had so much fun, we have to ask you the most important question of the show. CK, what is the most fun you've ever had in New York City? Well, it was January 23rd, 2010. Okay, so you're coming with me. <laughs> I think you might be the first person who's given us the exact date. I can't remember. Oh, yeah. Okay. I lo- so 2010, this was 12 years ago. We had a very different. Thir- 13, 13 years ago. Oh my God, 13. I forget what year we're in. Okay, so we're in 2010, New York City. Please continue. So there was a newsletter that was sent out once a week by a guy named Jeff Stark, No Nonsense NYC. And it was just a rundown of like all the random random ass parties yes i knew that january 23rd was my buddy ian's birthday and so we were looking for something fun to do and i came across this listing i actually looked the old emails and it was like astoria nacho crawl nachos <laughs> and why will host a nacho crawl in astoria fresh off the success of the philadelphia nacho crawl over the holidays nachos ny returns home to new york city to cover uncharted territory in queens This event marks an important moment in the history of the website as it plans to shape the food blogging industry. In Philadelphia, over 75 people showed up and over 50 people have already committed to participating in the Story Nacho Crawl. Email to RSVP, 3 p.m., $10 includes all nachos consumed on the crawl. $10. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Keep going. Sorry. But it sounds great. Yeah. It sounds awesome. It's a Saturday, so Friday we go out and you know, act like assholes. Saturday morning, it's a gray day. It's cold. I think I had left my coat at the bar. So I needed a new coat and I stopped it. I want to say 10 foot single. I see this incredible red coat with these bulls heads on it. I'm like that. And so I put it on in three blocks later, I get stopped. And do you remember like prior to Instagram when Tumblr had all these fashion photographers, like street fashion photographer, there was yeah. Space Hunter. There was a sartorialist. Yeah. It was like the coolest thing to be stopped by somebody and be like, hey, I want your photo because nobody could post pictures of themselves. Yeah. You had to be chosen. Yes. You had to be chosen. And so I bought a coat and three blocks later, I got chosen. I was like, today's going to be awesome. Today (laughs) is going to be awesome. So take the photo, exchange information, get to Ian's. And my buddy Nate was there and he was nutso. And so he's like, hey, we're going to start doing Chili Willies. And I'm like, what's a Chili Willy? And he takes a beer bottle, and he turns it over, and that little dimple at the bottom of the beer bottle, he starts pouring vodka into it. And so we start, we start snorting vodka out of the bottom of beer bottles. It's called a Chili Willy. 
I've never heard of this before. It sounds terrible. Yeah, you know, you you know, you're, you're doing dumb shit. You know, it's like I was in my my mid twenties. Exactly as you should. These are the sorts of things you do, and so we're, we're doing chili willies, and we're laughing. It's Ian's birthday, and we're feeling good, and and so we're like, okay, let's go the nacho crawl, right? <laughs> and this this is prior to Uber. So we call up Northside and, you know, the car comes and brings us up to a story and we go into the first restaurant and we show up and in these nacho crawl kids look at us and be like, you didn't sign up. And we're like, what? Like, you didn't sign up. We're, we're all booked out. And we're like, oh, we just want to have fun. Like, like we're like so excited to take part. Like, and they just look at us like, no. You, you can't you can't join our nacho crawl very elite nacho crawl jeez yeah but these morons <laughs> they published the two of the restaurants they are going in terms of the crawl like we knew what restaurant they were going to next so we we just went to the next restaurant and when they showed up a half an hour later we had strategically spread out so there was no place for them to sit <laughs> and like the look of dismay on yeah, the yeah. nacho crawl when they when they just see us there in our dumbass outfits you know a bunch of people have been snorting vodka all morning and and they, they told us no and we're like i mean basically it was like i'm the captain now yeah right? yeah like, it's my nacho crawl it's my nacho crawl right and so they, they kind of go up and they order and they're like hey can we sit down I'm like okay like sure take a seat and my buddy is out smoking cigarettes so i got to, uh, to join him and Grub Street sent a reporter to cover it. And so I got my, you know, my new coat on, I'm feeling good, and I'm snorting, drinking alcohol all day. And it's night now, it's dead of winter, so it's probably like 4.35 p.m. All of a sudden, someone runs into the reporter I'm talking to. It's like startles all of us. And in my drunken haze, I look down and I realize this guy has a purse. <gasps> uh, he, he's, got, he's got a women's purse. In whatever state that I am, I grab him like he's like, "Is this your fucking bag? Is this your fucking bag?" And he drops it and he sprints away. <gasps> you know, drilling's going on. Like, like, what is this? And I pick it up and I walk in the restaurant. I say, "Is this anybody's?" And like, there's like this girl crying in the corner because she just had had her bag stolen. And so all of a sudden, I go from being like chief asshole. To being like the savior of the day. The savior. Oh my gosh. Like save this girl's bag. And so we started talking. She was pretty cute. And like, can we exchange information? I was like, I'm going to go on a date with the girl of the bag I just sold on the nacho crawl. But <laughs> we couldn't stick around because at night a bunch of us were gathering at the Olive Garden in Flatiron for a 70s prom Olive Garden party. Now, wait a second. Was this sanctioned by the Olive Garden or you guys created this event and showed up in costume? Well, so remember like in high school, how you'd all go out with a big group of friends before prom. Like you'd go to like the, the sort of nice restaurant in town, like in your tuxes and your suits. I went to the Olive Garden. Yes. I right. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. That was kind of like the animating theme of the nighttime edition. So we all put on like 70s rocker gear. You know, we're drinking all day and we're all dressed up and we show up to the Olive Garden. Not, not a single other person on January 23rd, 2010 at the Olive Garden was in costume. It was like a bunch yeah. of people one day. Why, why would anyone be in costume? We didn't, I don't know. We, we just, we're, we're there like just assholes, assholes, assholes. And so dinner is super weird. And like the couple sitting in the middle of the table is just 
fighting the entire time and were like why because they're drunk and they were drunk and they, they broke up like i think they broke up like a week later they've been together for like two years just like the end of a relationship <laughs> and it was just was super weird and so like we couldn't get out of there fast enough and we go to east village just to start drinking and having more fun it's a saturday night and all of a sudden i hear hey ck and i turn and it's a friend from high school <gasps> Oh my God. And, and I was like, awesome. And the craziest thing was my friend Chelsea, she was in costume also. What? <laughs> they were dressed like Ninja Turtles. I, I don't even remember why, but they were dressed like Ninja Turtles. They they were like, yeah, we kind of misread the room also. Like they had gone to something to be like the only ones dressed up. And so it was like two <laughs> groups of people that, that were dressed up incorrectly at an East Village bar, like mismatched, but like these two groups of people got together. We needed each other. We needed each other. Yeah. <laughs> you know, eventually, I mean, it's probably one or two o'clock in the morning now. I'm exhausted. I've been, I've been drinking now for yeah, 15, 16 hours. Oh, God. I've been in all three boroughs. I've been in two different costumes. I've been the goat. You know, I, I ruined an event. I saved an event. It's the first time I'd ever like stopped like a robbery in process you know i'm still like living off the high of that you're like a street style star a street style star guys i mean you even remember i had, I had forgotten one of the rare times i was like you know what i've got this huge stack of chips i'm gonna get it from the table and cash them in yeah you know the old thing is that no good decisions are are made after two o'clock i finally looked at my watch and you know my phone it's like 155 i'm going home I, I, i've won today it can't get any better and so, yeah, uh, January 23rd, 2010, talk about a bootleg Odysseus going through all these different adventures, going off to war and coming back and surviving the Cyclops and the sirens and, and everything else. And, you know, I, I got home safely. I wasn't shipwrecked and lost the sea. You're like George on Seinfeld. Yeah. He was like, he gets his good joke and he's like, I'm out. Like you did it. You were going out on top. You had a great night. I mean, most of all to me, it just is so, and I, maybe you can help me with this. I need another word for quintessential. It to me is such a quintessential mid twenties, New York city night where the world is your fucking oyster and just do yep. it and just bounce around and stop at all of these places. And I love, love, love the element and not to sound old again of just no phones. It's like, you just, you, you just go where you have to go. And like, you're famous on the street because this guy stopped you and you know, you couldn't call like 911 for this girl. So you had to help. And then she, she's a future date. And then you, you wind up at another place. Cause you, and it's just, all of these things that New York offers us that I just love. It sounds like so much fun. I would love to have a night like this. Maybe not all of the costumes and all of that. but just like going oh, out and stopping. Come on. Out. Look, we put sriracha on food just to add a little bit of heat. Wearing costumes is basically like sriracha for going out. You have a bumper sticker on your hand here. You need like a bumper sticker, a t-shirt or something. That is it. Costumes add a little bit of sriracha. It's a great story. It's a fun story. It's a perfect New York City story. And just the same thing I always hope is that people listen to stories like this and are like, let's go out. You want to go out? Like you want to go do something? So bad. You want to go to Nacho Crawl? Like I love it. I have to board my flight at 5.20 a.m. tomorrow morning. Otherwise, I, I would go out right now. This is the problem with this show is all the interviews I do. I hear these stories. Oh, my God. 
God. And when I hear them, I get very excited. And then we immediately stop recording and I go in the other room and I say to my husband, do you want to go out? No, like you want to go do something? <laughs> it gets me excited. So I hope that people hear this story and they think maybe not tonight, but maybe this Saturday or something, get a group of friends together, go out and have some fun, do it, do a nacho crawl, go somewhere, do, you know what? We're, I'm going to promote this. Do some vodka shots of the back end of a bottle of beer. Chili willies. Chili willies. And let yourself ricochet around, yes. right? This idea of the ricochet, the, the crazy path of the city. There's no better place to let yourself go like that. Ooh, I'm always tearing up in these. You're 100% right. Ricochet around. I love it. Now I have to ask. I mean, I, I think we're going to have like, once again, I think the romance might hit us, but let's see. I have to ask you the last and final question of the show. And that is, what is your favorite thing about New York? The people. They're the best people in the world. We have terrible weather. There's so many indignities. It has critical mass of the most interesting, dynamic, inspiring, wonderful, fun people. And the gravity of this place just keeps drawing people in and this youthful energy. Yeah. Magic of New York is its people. As I expected. Very beautiful, very romantic. I say this a lot. Uh, a lot of people love the people here. And every single time someone has a different way of putting it, that's even better than I imagined before and more distinctly perfect for them. And yours uh, is no different. It's very lovely and it's very heartfelt. And I love it. And I agree. I happen to love all the people here as well. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for taking time out to do this. Thank you for telling this wonderful tale. And thank you, hopefully, for inspiring everyone to go out and ricochet around. Rachel, it was so fun to catch up. I look forward to getting an invitation to come back for part two in season four. <laughs> yes, of course. Most importantly, thanks, New York. They had fun. 